It's easy when the lights are on. Turn them off. What do you got? If it's not hard, there's the door. Work hard. Get better. It's simple. Practice doesn't make perfect. No. Perfect practice makes perfect. Rivers in the shotgun. It's there for the take. Looks to the right for Mike Williams. Throws to Mike Williams. Caught touchdown. We may not have it all together, but I believe together we can have it all. This is the game. Can't lose on three. One, two, three. Can't lose. Rivers rolls to the right. Throws to the end zone. Caught. It's good. It's good. Mike Williams with the grab. Chargers lead 29-28. You've tuned in to the Two Sweet Sports Podcast. And speaking of sweet, here's the man of the hour, Colton Pickard. Welcome into the Two Sweet Sports Podcast. We have some interesting and fun topics to get to today. The Minnesota Vikings have fired their offensive coordinator. The Raptors crushed the Warriors without Kawhi. And how good would Babe Ruth be if he played baseball today? Well, we can start with that because Adam Odovino said Babe Ruth wouldn't be able to keep up in today's game. Take a listen. I had an argument with a coach from AAA about Babe Ruth's effectiveness in today's game, and this was like 10 years ago. And I said, look, Babe Ruth with that swing, swinging that bat, I got him hitting a buck 40, <laughs> eight homers. He's like, are you nuts? Babe Ruth would hit 370 with 60 homers. And I'm like, I was trying Babe Ruth out every time. Like, I'm not trying to disrespect them, you know, rest in peace, you know. Shout out to Babe Ruth, but it was a different game. I mean, a guy ate hot dogs and drank beer and did whatever he did, and it was just a different game. And guys had to pitch, you know, three-day three-man rotations and 400 innings. I mean, the, the requirements were just different. That was on MOB's StatCast podcast, and yeah, obviously. If Babe Ruth wallered up to the plate with a, a 42-ounce bat trying to hit a 100-mile-an-hour fastball, he's obviously not going to get his bat around to hit it. He's obviously not going to hit a slider or a curveball that you might see in today's game. But if you think you're going to face that Babe Ruth today, you're crazy. You're out of your mind. That guy, that guy's not in the majors today. He's not going to be in the majors. He wouldn't make it to the majors. He wouldn't make it to the freaking minors. He might not even play college ball. As great as Babe Ruth was, he'd adjust. He'd adjust to the times. He'd grab a smaller, lighter bat and probably average 60 or 70 homers a year. What do you mean you you would not strike him out every time? Get out of here with that. Get out of here with that. You would not strike him out. You might be lucky to not get rocked, buddy. We Yeah, we've evolved as a sport. Obviously, but to think that he wouldn't evolve as well, just crazy. Just crazy. Get out of here with that. You think, as not even the best pitcher in the game today, not even the best pitcher in the game today, you're not even on freaking team, you think you'd strike him out every time. Not happening. Not happening, buddy. No sirree. Get that out of here. Get that out of here. You can't tell me. That if you gave Babe Ruth the same opportunity to have the same technology, nutrition, whatever you need, the same thing they go through, all the workouts in college, the minors, whatever, what they know about weight training, uh, uh, the muscles, technology, everything, baseball in general, the sport, uh, 
what you got to do to hit the ball, what pitching, all that, everything, just everything, everything. You can't tell me that if you gave Babe Ruth the same opportunity that you're giving guys now, that with Babe Ruth's smarts for the game and just in life in general, but mostly for the game, that he would not be just as good. He would be just as good. He'd be probably better. He'd be Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton combined times two. That was a big man hitting big bombs. You you got it backwards, Ottavino. You got it backwards. You see, the, the babe was a pitcher too. He was a pitcher too. And let me tell you something. He'd strike you out every time. He'd strike you out every time. You've got no chance, buddy. You see, he was a pitcher who could hit. You know what we have today? Pitchers who can't hit. And guess what, Ottavino? You can't hit. You wouldn't get a hit off Babe Ruth. And let me tell you, Babe Ruth probably hit a home run off of you every time. You got it backwards. You got it backwards. That was nothing more than a publicity stunt from Ottavino, Ottavino, whatever his name is, trying to get a deal with a new club because obviously it seems like the Rockies don't want him. Now, don't get me wrong, he's a solid pitcher. Uh, he had a 2.43 ERA last year, pitched 75 games, six saves. Not bad, not too bad. But I don't want to give this guy too much more attention because that's all he's looking for. Just trying to create an angle where he can sell himself to clubs to get signed. Anyways, moving on. The Minnesota Vikings have parted ways with their offensive coordinator, John DeFilippo, after their horrendous performance on Monday Night Football in Seattle. They had 275 total yards, went 2 of 12 on 3rd and 4th down conversions, and couldn't get anything going at all, all night on offense, on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I'm not surprised by this move, even though it is kind of shocking uh, to see a guy fired in his first year. But when you look at the tape, uh, when you look at the tape, watch the games, analyze it, analyze everything, dissect everything, uh, look at what each coach's philosophies are on offense, their play style, all that. You can obviously see a disconnect between Mike Zimmer and DiFilippo. Mike Zimmer, he's he's an he's a defensive coach. He wants to run the ball a lot. He wants to control the ball, control the clock, can control the game. DiFilippo, he came from Andy Reid and Doug Peterson, uh, where they like to throw the ball a lot, like most of the time, sixty or seventy percent of the time, their quarterback is dropping back to throw the ball. These two coaches have two completely different visions for their offense, and it created a clear problem, uh, and it it's hurt the hurt the Vikings this season. Obviously, uh, the Vikings have obviously fallen apart, and now DeFilippo is out of a job, and the Vikings are out of the playoffs. Moving on to the NBA, the Golden State Warriors gotten beaten down by the Raptors, one thirteen to ninety three. This is the second time in less than two weeks the Raptors have beaten the Warriors. Players on Golden State looked lost out there on the basketball court. They couldn't get anything going on offense. They just struggled all night. Uh, the Raptors swept the season series against the Warriors this year with the win and did it without Kawhi Leonard. The best player on the court was out due to a bruised hip, but the Warriors were able to prevail without him, or the Raptors were able to prevail without him, excuse me. And snapped a 13-game losing streak in Oakland, which is the longest road losing streak against a single opponent in franchise history. 
The Raptors defense shut down the Warriors last night. The 93 points the Warriors scored were the fourth fewest they've scored when Curry, Draymond, Clay, and KD were all on the court. Uh, that's something to put in perspective because in today's game, you see so many threes and such high-scoring games, prolific offenses, uh, teams just putting up bucket after bucket after bucket, people arguing, saying, oh, no, defense is gone, there's no there's no defense in the game. But if you watched that Warriors-Raptors game, you saw some defense. You saw the, the Warriors were locked down. They might have been exposed last night by the Raptors. Uh, the Raptors might be their dynamite. I don't know. We'll have to see when we get into the playoffs. The Raptors look like a real contender this year. I thought the Celtics were going to come out of the East. I thought it was going to be obvious, very easy, but they've looked to struggle a little bit this year. The Celtics have looked to struggle a little bit. They haven't looked as good as everybody thought, or at least I thought. Uh, the Raptors are better than I thought, in my opinion. Uh, and their defense is fantastic. Their defense is fantastic. Curry went 3-for-12 from the field and scored just 10 points. Uh, you don't see that often. You don't see that often. The combination of Curry with just 10 points and 93 total points for the Warriors kind of makes sense, though. Kind of makes sense. You got to give credit to the Warriors, though, for giving credit to the Raptors after the game. They were they were outmatched, and they gave the Raptors their respect. They gave the respect uh, the the entire team. Uh, Steve Kerr, the coach, gave gave him their respect. KD, Steph, they all gave them their respect. So shout out to the Warriors for owning up to their loss and admitting they were outmatched. But that's not the only news coming out of the NBA. A video went around the internet of Michael Jordan talking to Malik Monk after the after they celebrated a win too early where MJ smacked Monk on the back of the head. MJ said it was a tap of endearment. Monk and Bismack Biombo ran from the bench onto the court to celebrate a 22-foot game-winning shot with .3 seconds left from Jeremy Lamb. Officials assessed the Hornets with a one-shot technical foul for having six men on the court, but the Hornets did end up winning the game 108-107 over the Pistons. The Celtics topped the Wizards in D.C. after Kyrie knocked down a game winner in overtime. Some interesting things came from this game. It looked like on TV, at least, there were a lot of Celtics fans in the crowd. There was a lot of green in the crowd, and if you watch Kyrie's game winner, you could definitely hear it. You could hear it on the TV. You could hear the crowd cheering. They were really loud. Uh, Kyrie went to the free throw line late in overtime, and the crowd started chanting MVP. That's something you don't hear very often. Uh, you don't hear that often for a team or for a player on the opposing team. Maybe Kyrie's won over D.C. I don't know. Maybe he won over D.C. Or maybe there were just a lot of loud and proud Celtics fans there in the district for the game. But Celtics did prevail over the Wizards in overtime. Steph Curry... Back to the Warriors. Steph Curry has been in the news a lot recently. First, challenging the moon landing. He challenged the moon landing. And was then, he said it was fake. He said he doesn't believe the moon landing was real. And was later invited by NASA to come check it out. So maybe we'll get to see a sneak peek inside there when Steph goes to visit, if he visits. That'll be interesting, but in most recent news, 
Shaq said his Lakers team could beat this year's Warriors team, and Steph responded saying he's dead wrong. Shaq's Lakers are the last NBA team to win three straight NBA Finals, although this year's Warriors team could win their third straight championship this year. It's difficult to compare teams from different eras due to different playing styles, obviously. different. It's, it's a different league. Uh, 2000 to 2002 and right now are two completely different NBAs, two completely different NBAs. Hard to compare, but I think this would be an intriguing matchup. I would probably take the Lakers in this specific matchup because I don't really know who would be able to guard Shaq in this matchup. Uh, I think Draymond would be the only one that could kind of compete with him maybe like half the time just due to his physicality. But other than that, I don't know if you could cover both Kobe and Shaq. I don't know if Clay's defense is good enough to cover Kobe or if you put KD on Kobe. But if you put KD on Kobe, then you open the lane for Shaq. It just creates a whole bunch of mismatches. Two Hall of Fame players on the Lakers with obviously multiple probably Hall of, future Hall of Famers on the Warriors, but it's two completely different games, two completely different team styles. Warriors pull up and shoot from three, long-range shooters. Uh, Lakers, they have that three-point shooter in Kobe, obviously. But Kobe can obviously drive in the lane. You got a big guy like Shaq down in the paint. He's just going to rough you up. Completely different game. Uh, it'd be a fun game to watch. I think the, the the Lakers would roll, though. Definitely think the Lakers would roll. All right, we're going to stay in the NBA right now. We're going to go into NBA power rankings. My number five team in the NBA right now is the Philadelphia 76ers. They're second in their division behind the Raptors. 19-10 and 10 overall record. Not too bad. 114.2 points per game. That's the seventh best in the league. So for the most part, it seems that their offense is running pretty smoothly. To the Nets, so that did kind of hurt their rankings here in the power rankings, at least for this week. But my number four team, I'm going to go with the Golden State Warriors. They, I had them previously before their loss to the Raptors at number two, but had to move them down. After that 20-point loss, moving down to number four. 115 points per game. That's third best in the league, obviously. 27.9 assists per game. That's first in the league. Obviously, we know how this Warriors team functions. We know how they work. They're a fantastic basketball team, fantastic offensive basketball team. And it's a team, if you let them get started, they're going to they're gonna knock down a bunch of shots on you. And they're just going to roll over you. They're going to roll over you. They're going to embarrass you. My number three team, the Milwaukee Bucks. I decided to go with the Milwaukee Bucks. They're doing pretty good. For the most part, they've had a couple bad losses throughout the season. But 18-9 and on the season so far. They're first in their division. 118.1 points per game. That's first in the league. That's why I decided to put them at number three after the Warriors loss. I decided to move them up. They also have 50.3 rebounds per game, which is also number one in the league, along with 26.3 assists per game, which is fifth in the league. So their offense is looking really, really good. They're getting down to the paint, of course. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo is their leader in 
points per game, assist, and field goal percentage, along with rebounds per game on the defensive side with 13.1. Overall, the Bucks look pretty good. They look pretty good. Uh, everything is going well in Milwaukee so far. My number two team is the Denver Nuggets. I know they just lost to the Hornets and Hawks in back-to-back games, which are two pretty bad losses, especially the Hawks. But just looking over that, they did get a win over the Raptors and the Lakers. So they're playing the Thunder tomorrow night, Friday night, 9 o'clock on ESPN. That's going to be a fun game. They have a their 26.8 assists per game, which is third in the league. They have the fourth best defense with allowing 103.7 points allowed. And their seventh in the league went in rebounds with 47.2, so not too bad. The defense is able to help for their offense, which is averaging 110 points per game, which is 17th in the league. But this is a really, really good basketball team. A good basketball team, a good defensive basketball team. They're a lot of fun to watch. I'm excited to watch them going forward. My number one team in the NBA right now is obviously the team with the best record. 27 or 23 and 7. The Toronto Raptors, first in their division, first in the Eastern Conference, and first in the NBA. They have played pretty well throughout most of the season. They've lost only seven games. Good start to the season. And really, they shouldn't have lost seven. They lost three in a row to the Pelicans, Pistons, and Celtics. Earlier this year, they pick up a couple of those wins, and they're 25-5 and five or something like that. Uh, but they did just beat the Clippers and Warriors, both in Staples Center and in Oracle. Those are two really good wins against two good teams. And they did it without Kawhi, at least in the Warriors game. So not 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 too bad, not too bad. Or they did it. Did they do it in both games? Yeah, they did. The Raptors did not need Kawhi in either of those wins. So very impressive from the Raptors, not needing their best player on the team, Kawhi, to come out and do that. They have 115.6 points per game, which is fourth best in the league, along with 25.5 assists per game, which is eighth. And, of course, the seventh-best defense with 107 points allowed. All right, that's the NBA Power Rankings for this episode of the podcast. The Raptors are number one in this edition of Power Rankings. Of course, not surprised by anybody. All right, now on to some NFL. Last night, the Chargers traveled to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs, and the Chiefs looked pretty good throughout most of the game, but Phillip Rivers and the Chargers looked a little better. They both looked really good. They both looked really good. The first defensive possession of the game, the Chargers threw an interception, Phillip Rivers threw an interception, and Patrick Mahomes took advantage of the good field position and was able to put some points on the board early. They were able to put some points on the board early, went up 7 nothing early. They were able to make it 14 nothing early and in the first quarter, and it looked like the Chiefs were going to pull away. They had a chance to pull away from the Chargers. They had a chance to blow them out. But the Chargers kept fighting. Defense played fantastic, shutting down the Chiefs' offense for a good part of the game. Uh, 
they had a chance to pull away, but the the Chargers made it fourteen to seven, and uh, were able to hold them to that score going into halftime. For the most part, I think the first half went the way most people expected. It wasn't really high scoring, like some may have expected, but the Chiefs' offense looked pretty good. Uh, it looked as good. Or pretty good. Uh, Philip Rivers was chasing after Mahomes and the Chiefs offense, trying to keep up. I think that was kind of the storyline for the game. Was could could Philip Rivers and the Chargers offense keep up with the Chiefs offense, the high flying Chiefs offense? Patrick Mahomes coming from the air raid offense at Texas Tech, can they keep up? They were able to keep up. I'll tell you that they were able to keep up and do a little bit more. The Chiefs went up 14-28 in the fourth quarter, and it was kind of at that point like, oh, well, you know, it's over. Whatever, it's over. Phillip Rivers is done. They're done. It's over. No need to even worry about it, you know. No need to even keep up. But the Chargers kept fighting. They didn't give up. They they fought back. The next drive, they came back. Phillip Rivers took his team down the field. Touchdown, boom, 21-28 with a few minutes left in the game. All right, now they're back in the game. They're kind of looking around like, okay, the Chargers have a chance. They have to get a stop here on the next drive and then do the same thing, go back down the field again and score another touchdown to tie it. That's exactly what they did. Defense comes up huge, gets a stop, three and out real quick, minute and 12 seconds. The Kansas City Chiefs offense had the football. That left the Chargers with 2 minutes and 37 seconds left to go. They had two and a half minutes to drive down the field and score a touchdown. They did. Ladies and gentlemen, Phillip Rivers did it. Took his team down the field. 31st career game-winning drive. Been there. Done that. Took a couple penalties to get him there, but he got there. The Chargers... Down by one. Oh, well. All right. All right. Yeah, I was, at that point, I was thinking, okay, overtime. But I was wrong. Chargers head coach Anthony Lynn was thinking differently. He was thinking about winning. Not overtime, he was thinking about winning. Going into overtime with Patrick Mahomes and that high-flying Chiefs offense is a dangerous risk. So they went for two. And they got it. And I don't know if they shocked the world, but they dang sure shocked me. Chargers ended up winning 29-28 with the two-point conversion and touchdown coming with four seconds left. The Chiefs didn't have an opportunity to get past the kickoff. The Chargers clinched an AFC playoff berth with the win after Phillip Rivers took the Chargers down the field for his 31st career game-winning drive, and that put... Rivers, 16th all-time in that category, tied with Drew Bledsoe. Big game, a lot of fun, very interesting. Great way to start Week 15, in my opinion. A lot of fun. Phillip Rivers, obviously, your player of the game, has to be. But that's all from me today. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Two Sweet Sports Podcast. You can follow the show at Too Sweet underscore Sports on Twitter, Too Sweet Sports on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter 
at pick6picker, and that's the number six. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Have a good weekend.